Welcome, fellow travelers, to the never-ending adventure podcast done remote for the very first time. I'm scared. I know. I'm scared, man. Y'all, hold me. Oh, you can't done, hold me. You're so far away. I can touch you on the, the computer screen right here. Yeah, hold on. Let's fist bump. Oh, fist bump. Boom. Oh, yeah. Right there. there we go. Sweet. That's good. good visual gag for our audience. What's <laughs> up, fellow travelers? Uh, my name is Russell Tindall, as you know. And, and I'm DJ Nettie P, as we all yeah. know. Welcome to and the Adventure Time Podcast. We're both being a little quiet. I've got my roommates in the other room, so I'm certainly a little like self-conscious that people are just listening to me talk on this microphone right now. I don't know. Maybe um, I was just going to add a little like sexy concept to it. Ooh. Oh, they're going to think I'm so weird. <laughs> You're going to have to get your like NPR voice going. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm in it now. Uh, this is, we're talking about the real you. Yeah, the real um, you. This is episode 15 of season two. And honestly, yeah. man, this is like we we start to get into some concepts that are really the reason why I love this show. Like multidimensional. Yeah, like just the the multidimensional concepts um and stuff like that with the, you know when they they open up the Tesseract which is Finn's fourth dimensional bubble. Um oh it yeah. super gets into like multiverse theory which is like just starting to not spoiler drop just open up some doors that this is like, in the universe it's like multi-dimensional I, I, I don't is it multiverse i don't think it's multiverse because all they it's, were saying is that they were bringing in like other dimensions yeah. within their single universe i think i was more along the lines of saying that like the, this is a very, very high level concept. Kind of the reason why people love Rick and Morty is that they're bringing in like in, insanely complex concepts to comprehend um, time travel and multi dimensions and multi dimensional objects. Um, it's, it's a hard concept to introduce into a kid's show that doesn't make sense. You know, the, the well, easy I'm, way to explain it is oh, it just creates a black hole, but it's like I'm, super I'm certainly intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm hoping we're not going to be time traveling too much. I mean, even Rick and Morty stays away from that. I think Rick has a box of time travel stuff that they don't touch in his garage. So yeah, that's very true. We'll see how this goes. But anyways, this was a really good episode. I really enjoyed this. I know. I know. When we got together last week, I know that we had already like watched this one through and had thought about it. And you were like, dude, I'm so excited for this episode. I know I was. I was ex- excited to to be very uh, dynamic, and right now I'm just I'm just uh, a little subconscious. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't be uh, subconscious. Come on, this is this is easier. Come on. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Yeah. It'll be good. Maybe um, just, we'll, we'll get a, like a shot of whiskey in you before the next one. Oh my gosh, maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> well, we had a, a really great title card to kick off this episode too. Yeah, it, which was like it felt. It felt very universal. It felt very much like, I don't know, just the way it was drawn. It just yeah, felt it, like it, outer spacey. It reminded me of like if, if like they made Finn into like space dust and like scattered him yeah. across the universe. Like that's what he would look like. It's pretty dope. I, you know, it's I like a lot of the title cards, but I got to say this one stands out for sure. I think this whole episode stands out for me. Yeah. If it's I'm a, being entirely honest. It's a great, there was a couple of things and, and I'm now I'm picking, you know, picking at, nitpicking it. Um, that was like, the science barbecue. Like, what the heck is a science barbecue? Have like, you never been to a science barbecue before? Uh, tell me about your first science barbecue. 
Oh, my first science barbecue. It was fourth grade. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've never grade. been to a science, science barbecue, but the sign, she had this terrible, terrible sign. I mean, she's so nervous about this being the best barbecue ever. And then she has this sign that is science is the best. Uh, and <laughs> and like, like crude paint. Yeah. I'm like, man, we I know get, somebody, PB, like hit us up. Like we'll get you to a designer. I think Allie would be happy to help out. Oh. Come on, I, I feel like you might be throwing my lovely under the bus. Give, give me some sugar, baby. Oh my gosh, who's your lovely? I think my lovely of this episode was Chet, the little Chet. The little candy person. Yeah, yeah. That was He's like, over here wanna, getting bullied. I want to do the grill. And then Peppermint Butler was like <laughs> bullying him around. Better not say so, nothing, you. I know, yeah, maybe, it's so funny. That's it, maybe Chet, because he didn't get to do the grill, he did get to make the poster, you know, make the science barbecue poster. Maybe that's Chet's work. It's man, some bad best. work. Some bad work if that's <laughs> his work. Chet, i tell you man. what. <laughs> well, now I sound like uh, Peppermint Butler. I'm just being the bully. I mean, I honestly, I was ashamed because Peppermint Butler was my lovely in a previous episode. Uh, and meanwhile, he was just so bad here. He was so well, mean. You see a little bit of the evil in him coming out. A little bit of the savageness. So Yeah, when you when you pry it from my cold dead hands. Yeah. Oh, come on. Come on, Gosh. dude. Oh, I, I'm saving Peppermint Butler to be my lovely of when things get dark with pe with okay. another PB, but Peppermint Butler. Hmm. I know. Yeah. Also I PB. Know. The I know. PBs, it, man. Watch out for PBs. If you got any yeah, PBs in your life. Evil. Yeah, and secretly <laughs> evil in this episode. Did you see her like weird, like hypno eyes when she was like, just do it for me, oh, yeah. Finn? Oh, yeah. The cosmic, like kind of comet eyes. Yeah. I know. And I was yeah, like, I is, know. Well, are they just being awesome. flirty or is she actually like got some was, hypno powers? It's a little sexy. I, <laughs> I mean, she might be my sexy character of the episode. Really? Yeah, Princess Bubblegum. I, I thought you were so anti-PB that, that we wouldn't end up in sexiest characters in, I, with Princess Bubblegum. I don't know. She's got a really cool rainicorn shirt. I'm like, I'm watching this and I'm like, am I catching feelings? Like, Oh, no. Am, am I getting into Princess Bubblegum all of it? Like, I'm, I'm like, I understand. Like, I get it. Like, I understand what's going on in Finn's head. Yeah, uh, they do. And I never over, wanted to. They do over time, especially this one with her wearing a t-shirt, they they do make her into like a normal person. You you see, you know, that she's got some battle scars, dude, of the past and that she kind of has this desire at some points uh, to to be more normal than a princess of a candy kingdom that she created, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what I liked about it. I was like, there was a time period where I was like, shoot, maybe she's going to be my lovely. And I, I really didn't want that to be the case. Uh, and the fact that she's my freaking sexy character of the episode is kind of blowing my mind. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know, but she, I, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Well, she, she spit or well, no, she sneezed on Finn spit. <laughs> Finn spit <laughs> on Finn spit. spit that was three hours building a scale model of the candy kingdom out of saliva. And mm -hmm. that is just gross. I don't know why that was a good gift in his mind. Yeah. I, I mean, he's like 12, man, I guess. But Jake, to Jake's That's point, no it excuse. was like, that is no excuse. blowing those bubbles, he was making like a little kissy mouth and doing that for three hours, probably imagining kissing Princess Bubblegum with a little kissy gross. mouth. So Jake was kind of right. He's like, it's kind of like, 
you're kind of like giving her, give, kissing her there. And he's like, what? No. <laughs> it took him three hours. That's crazy. And he's just like, oh, just close your eyes and, and give me, give me like two hours. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And, but yes, I think also terrible gift. Like how would you know that was the candy kingdom too? If it's made, not made out of candy. I don't know. Horrible. And Horrible she just loved gift. it because it was pink. She's just like, yeah. oh, the dish is pink. You know, I love it. Um, it still had some of the spit on it though. Like the spit, like the dribbles dribble. off. <laughs> oh, at least so, it's so gross. At least she was, like, she, I don't even think she was being nice about it. I think she actually just likes pink stuff. So I think that was like an authentic response. Well, she has his DNA now is something that I took note oh, of. Gosh. I'm like, maybe, maybe that's what she wanted. Yeah. She's I've got a clone Finn. Maybe, dude. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it might be a part of my uh, theoretically speaking later on, which we can get to a little bit later. But oh, I'm be excited uh, to hear that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just like, man, what is Princess Bubblegum planning? Like, what's going through her mind right now? Yeah, I know, I know. Well, we get to the start of the problem of the episode is that um, Finn puts out the on fire grill. He kills Flambeau. He, Finn well, kills Flambeau in no, this no, no. episode. No, no, no. She used Flambeau to no, light Flambeau's the No, Flambeau's in the grill. On, no, he, I think the coals are on fire. But oh, Yeah, they are, but he's the fire on the coals, I swear. I, mean, I, I, mean, I didn't... I noticed Flambeau, but I really didn't think about, I guess, if Flambeau ever hopped out. So, like, he at least he extinguished some kind of fire creature. Gosh darn. You, making think me think he, about these things, man. Dude, go back and rewatch it. We can all do this. I... I think I never saw Flambeau leave the flame. I think he just hopped in the grill. And next thing we know, Finn's using the meat like <laughs> that they're going to barbecue with to extinguish oh, the fire. No, like That's not good. I don't know, man. Well, yeah, he might have killed a, a flame creature. Gee, so many Finn mistakes in this episode. You don't think it's Flambeau? I guess we didn't uh, hear him talk. Well, Flambeau comes back. So I know Flambeau's not dead. Like... Hmm. So if it was another creature from the Fire Kingdom, that's pos- that's a possibility. Oh, I like the idea of there being like multiple things that start the fire. I kind of, for some reason in my mind, I was like, oh, maybe Flambeau is like the the original flame or something, like the, the yeah. never extinguishing flame. But, you know, again, that would kind of like dismantle my theory that Finn just killed him. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He no, and we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there with, with more of how fire plays into the, actually into the Adventure Time universe. I love how it gives me like house moving castle vibes whenever I see like little like life bearing flames, mm-hmm. um, which I know that may not be a reference that you necessarily understand. Yeah. Um, I haven't done that one yet. It's, it's on my list. It's on my list yeah. for sure. So, Dang good film. If only you were in Nashville for longer, we could watch it together because I got the box set right behind me in my bedroom. <laughs> we could do this whole same setup too. Maybe we can live commentary the whole movie. Yeah, maybe that'll be a... Maybe we'll do a, a Studio Ghibli uh, film one day for our yeah. bonus episode. That'd be or if we fun. ever get a Patreon. Yeah, I, I, could, I could swing that. Yeah, um, I don't know. We'll so, see. Anyways... The Finn mistake. So uh, uh, apparently he kills a fire person (laughs) and then she's so hype that he's so heroic that she wants him to speak at the barbecue. It's like so funny. So weird. She sees potential in the way his brain scientifically uh, constructs an idea and and goes after something. And I, and I definitely understand that. I mean, it was a quick, aggressive kind of innate response to there's a fire. I need to put it out, but I certainly, I don't know, man. I don't know if that justifies basically giving a TED talk at this 
science fair, you know, that she's putting on science barbecue, but more than anything, I think that she would want to research Finn and then herself actually talk about it, you know, like 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 dive into his mind talk. Yeah. She's like, I I have evaluated the mind of a hero and and I'm more scientific now, not (laughs) Finn, you're heroic. You speak about it. Like he should go do something heroic, which which actually it does end up happening kind of. So it's kind of a genius play on Finn's part, you know? Well, you got to go at that point. He's like, all right, how are we going to do this? And him and Jake are like, well, let's go to the place where science or where knowledge lives. And then Finn says, Braintown. <laughs> Braintown. I was like, I want to know where Braintown is. Yeah, I know. Is. We need to experience Braintown. I know. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't think they ever bring Hold that on. back into Adventure Time. Do I need but... to look up Braintown on Urban Dictionary? Oh, gosh. No, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to look up right here. I'm going to look up Braintown Adventure Time and just see if there's anything. No, it's yeah. just part of the transcript for this episode, which is kind of a bummer. Man, I don't think Braintown's a thing even on Urban Dictionary. And that is really upsetting. Yeah, maybe we had to create the definition, but uh, <laughs> I think our the, fans are going to be upset about that. I'm not going to lie. I'm that was a good one, that, man. I was I thought we could come up with something, but well, yes. No, anyways, the, where science lives is a library, and that's where we finally see we have seen Turtle Princess in, uh, you know, the one Ice King. Is that who uh, that was? The Ice King. Yeah, that was Turtle Princess. Man, I was just disappointed because I thought she was the librarian, and I was she like, she is the librarian. But aren't like uh, this she's, is bad. She's like okay. she's Turtle Princess, and like the library is technically like her kingdom. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's very interesting. Odd. Are turtles in, supposed to be wise, or like what's up with that? I don't know. She she ends up being best friends with LSP down the road. Um. So that's kind of a fun. That's a funny little dynamic duo. Um. But you see that she's like the librarian, which in this case, a librarian at a library is like a princess to a, a kingdom. You know. Yeah, but why does that kind of fit a librarian and LSP, a lumpy person? I feel like I kind of like that combination. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really fun combo when they get together and kind of yeah. <laughs> do the they kind of have this like gossipy aspect too, which is really funny. Oh, that would um, be good. <laughs> that's like that's a really fun episode. Um, and the cool thing is the library. We didn't. I I went back and watched this to see if we could get the shot of it, but it is like this abandoned old real library and um when you finally do and in, in, down the road get an overview shot of it it's like half of a building like buried underneath the earth and like just some of the tops of it are sticking out so like the whole library is like underground which is really Matt, cool. that's straight up that's an avatar reference if i've ever heard one for all of my Ooh. avatar the last airbender fans like an underground library uh, there's a big library. I, dang it. I would have looked up the name of this thing. I actually just watched this episode. Essentially, they're looking for a way to defeat the Fire Nation. And I don't want to spoil her too much because this is something that I think I would love to talk about on the podcast or on a Patreon with you at some point. Um, but the library is in the middle of the desert. They can't find it. This guy has been looking at the desert for forever. They have a flying, um, oppa. They have a flying, I guess it's a air bison or something. And, they can see the top of the temple to the library and they go and check it out. And all of the library has been buried in the desert sand, except for the very top tip, which the like knowledge foxes can enter through. It's fantastic. I don't think it's actually a legit like direct reference, but it certainly is a funny coincidence. Yeah, that is a funny coincidence, especially how much we talk about Avatar on this show and how there's like little similarities, you know? No, I love it. I think that's that's a good show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think, honestly, our fans, just given the the time period that this show came out, 
probably also love Avatar. I would just have to guess, but yeah, I would I could be wrong. at least there are some Avatar fans out there, like a hand, like a, a good handful. Yeah, dude, did you ever go to the library in college? Yeah, uh, that was where I pooped in college. That was <laughs> I didn't your really poop go. Spot? Yeah, sixth floor library was my poop spot. So I, I think I oh studied. My gosh. A, I studied a few times there, but mainly most of my time was spent pooping. That was not as inconvenient as my poop spot. Mine was oh. top of the Tate Center behind the big um, like oh, yeah, place the where... Yeah, well, it was like upstairs, top floor mm-hmm. of the Tate Center, and then in the very back corner behind yeah, where that, they do Wesley. <laughs> yeah, that was... that was I actually had heard m- multiple people say that that was their favorite for sure. It was great, but the lights always go out on you, and you're just like, oh, I'm in the dark now, and I'm pooping... <laughs> Um, oh, well, man. interesting, dude, I would go to the library a handful of times, but the main reason I went was we got on top of it in college one time because we oh. knew someone who worked at the library and I'm telling you, dude, you're missed out. It is the best view in Athens. That's it's awesome. amazing. I, I got to get on top of, um, Brumby one time and that was pretty good, but I, I could see that the library would be better. It's the tallest point in Athens. There's one yeah. other point that might be a touch taller, but it is the tallest point in that city. That's dope. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Or at least it was when we went there. Yeah. That well, the, they're both reading... Well, sorry. Didn't mean to make you jealous, <laughs> but they're, they're both reading books. Uh, and Jake is reading about figs. <laughs> and Finn is reading about pigs. Yeah. And I actually have uh, three fig facts for you. All right. Give me some fig facts, baby. Yeah. So this is from easyscienceforkids.com, which, you know, we love that. Um, <laughs> figs are not really fruit, but flowers turned inside out. Yeah. What? That's, blows I my mind. That. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, oh, what do you call them? Capers are like the same thing. Hmm. What are capers? Like capers are like the little things that you put on like, uh, like lox bagels, little salty balls. Oh they're like, yeah. They're like kind of like a flower bud, like that same type of thing. Cool. But so that's a fig is the same way. That's cool. Uh, dried figs are dates. I, I did know that. I did. Okay. Know that well, sure. I had no clue. And this is the one that really blew my mind. During their development, figs will usually trap a wasp inside the fruit. Enzymes break down the wasp so you never see it. What? That, okay, that's wild. You, and there are like specific, there are a ton of specific fig wasps out there that like die from figs. That's so I, crazy. You, I know you doubt me right now, but. No, I, I'm no way doubting you at all. Like dude, that's actually like. Easy Science incredible. for Kids says so. I believe I it. I know. Well, here we go. Well, because you got me all inspired, maybe I should throw uh, three pig facts at you. Oh, no. I was going to do that later. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, were you really? <laughs> yeah, you got it. Okay, I got it. I got it. I don't know if they're going to be as good, but uh, oh, pigs my can't gosh, sweat, Ned. obviously. That's yep. why they roll around in the mud. Um, pigs have an excellent sense of direction. Pigs are navigators. They can find their way home over large distances and often trot long distances and reach up to 11 miles per hour. And then that third you're fact, ruining our outro. <laughs> this and then, was oh, my outro. No, 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 no. The pigs have pigs dream and like to sleep nose to nose. Yep. That's there you go. Uh, when they nurse, did you know that pigs' mothers sing to their young? And also, I, the I largest pig, that. even though they're normally 300 to 700 pounds, the largest pig on record was from Tennessee, Big Bill, at 2,552 pounds. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, man. Well, that was a fun little um, non-tangent tangent. Yeah, we don't tangent on this podcast at all. 
Not a chance. Not um, a chance. So we, we, to get back on track here, we leave uh, the library after Finn and Jake have a fun little squinty, uh, fun board song. We go to Academia. Oh, yeah, man. It was just a rotten apple. It's just a rotten apple with a bunch worm of college. college worms. We go to the worm college, man. <laughs> it can't have been there that long. If it's just a rotten apple, it's a massive apple. Yeah. But... But how long does it take for an apple to rot? Do they just look for a new apple every time they want to have a, that's, a that's class? What I was wondering. I don't know. Or, or yeah. that's just a new apple every semester. Maybe it's like a semester-long apple. Well, we have the the question on everybody's mind from this episode, Ned. Oh, gosh. Nietzsche's Ubermensch or Mandroid, who you got? I have got the werewolf uh, queen. All right. All right. Well, you're, I, you're just like the professor then, huh? <laughs> the werewolf now, queen? And now, if 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 Werewolf Queen had to be taken out of the picture, I go with the Mandroid because I actually did some research onto what the, an Ubermensch was. Oh, I did too. So, uh, yeah. So, so Nietzsche's Ubermensch is essentially more of a concept that of a quote unquote Superman. Um, but in this sense, it's not a Superman that is flying and indestructible and all that stuff. It's it's a man that has a goal for humanity itself and basically. Uh, denies anything otherworldly in their belief. So like Christian values, religion, anything. And that Nietzsche's whole concept was that this would be the highest uh, level a man could get if he rejected all sense of like a lack of spirituality or anything that exists outside of the physical world we live in, you know? I yeah, thought that was I, interesting. I kind of dig it in a way, you know? I mean, obviously... You know, I mean, my beliefs are not necessarily that, but I, I certainly dig the idea, you know, like a goal for humanity to set for itself. Uh, my issue with it is it was used by people that we don't love, such as Hitler. Yeah. Used it as, you know, like a, an inspiration for the German people. And mm. got to say, I hate that. Yeah. So, and so that's why. And then the Mandroid, I, I did as much what what did you get for the mandroid cuz i i didn't find anything besides a reference from a 1993 movie it was just a movie from the 90s yeah, yeah. it's just <laughs> a human like, he's a humanoid i know i think that's all it is man i really think that's all it is it's just a humanoid from the 90s yeah so so in this case i give it to the mandroid yeah i think i do too i do too mm -hmm. even though the whole you know the last part of that which sucked yeah, but the, the opposite think, of existentialism i mean if he's basically superman you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. Think or it, beyond, maybe man. the concept that they were trying to say would it be like Ubermensch as in Superman versus Mandroid. And then, then I'd give it to Superman at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But, well, su yeah. Anyways, we don't, another, another conversation. Yeah. Well, the academia is where my, my Jake mistake comes into this episode. Making bacon pancakes. Yeah. Well, is, is it just when he shrinks himself? Is that why? Well, he shrinks himself it? to get inside, but he still keeps his hand the normal size to have the little like worm finger. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say no. I, I don't know what this term will be when I'm saying that's not a mistake. I'm, I'm putting my, my, my fist oh, down, the gap, taking the gauntlet gloves mistake. off. And I'm, yeah. I'm, and I'm just saying it was amazing. It was hilarious. I love it. <laughs> I got it. I no mistake I, was made. No mistake was made. Okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah, so, I mean, it was just so great. He just shrinks down and that his hand's bigger than he is, and yet his hand is warm size. I mean, what can you not like about that? I know, I know. It's it, it, it was I was likable, but obviously, if it, they're 
was an eighty Jake mistake because he pl- he actually really didn't play a huge role in in this episode. You know? Oh, dude, he played a massive role. He saved everybody from a black hole. Are you kidding he did. me? I mean, yeah, but and then on the end of the episode, he ends up just lying like a carpet on the ground while everybody else is just standing on top of him. <laughs> Like he didn't realize like when, that. Yeah, when they unravel at the end of the episode, it's just Jake like laying on the ground, like not moving. Oh my it's so gosh. funny. I, I took me the till watching it the last time, and I noticed I was like, Jake's just like chilling right there. That's so funny. Well, dude, even the the McSquirmy, uh, Warmy McSquirmy, W McSquirmy, mm-hmm. that part was so funny too. I know. The <laughs> <Truancy> hurts oh. <laughs> hurts us all, McSquirmy. <laughs> Truancy hurts us all, McSquirmy. Kill him. Let's kill him. <laughs> I mean, just so aggressively, like yeah. dramatic. You the know? worms were like super. They, they literally like he didn't show up to class, so they decided they're going to try to kill him. Like, yeah, geez. one of them takes a ruler and goes, it's so sure. <laughs> They're like super into to education. Yeah. They're gonna kill him if he friggin' doesn't show up to class. But that's that. But but you know what do we say? I think we ought to uh, save the uh, the glasses of Nerdicon for after we take a little breather here. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. See you in a minute. Imagine a place where you could reach your full wormy potential where you surround yourself with inspiring worms that want to change the world, where a wealth of knowledge and squirminess awaits you. Welcome to academia, where dreams take flight and worms become knowledge warriors. You only live for eight years at most, so get smart at academia. Welcome back. What is up? Welcome back, man. It's hard introing off of uh, the remote setup. Was a little bit, yeah. It's a little bit odd. Feels feels it funny. Is. We're gonna we'll figure it out. Yeah, I just gotta and flex this muscle a little bit. I'm so glad we're not worms, though. Looking up how long they live for. I mean, there are worse <laughs> things you could be. That you know, it is kind of crazy though. Worms live to be about as old. I mean, eight years is like what probably the average lifespan of like a very very large dog. Yeah, like that's interesting. It's hard to make you sad if you own a yeah. great Dane, but you know, I don't know. Anyways, you can have I'm a pet sorry. I lives up. a long time, you know. But yeah. let's, let's <laughs> get out of academia. Let's let's get booted out of there. We're moving over to Choose Goose, where magic yeah. is the option. And did you notice? I was like, it's the easy way out. And fans like, well, that's like, I don't want to do it. He's like, but it's the easy way. And he's like, oh yeah. And I was yeah. like, dude, y'all just ripped on magic wands last week, and now you're like, let's take the magic option. Well, wands are for wimp. Yeah, wimps, ones are for wimps. Magic, I guess, is cool. If you can it's cheat, fine. you know, just like in school, man, if you can find a way to cheat. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's kind of the concept here. But, you well, know, it's it so is funny. certainly we, boring. The library just, is certainly a boring place. We continue on our kind of multi-episode trend that I've been noticing of Finn either being deceitful or taking shortcuts, you know? Mm. And kind of take, it's been a, a lot of episodes this season have been Finn kind of like either deceiving somebody and like lying, which is kind of what the glasses are, or, you know, like taking the easy route here. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I wonder, I mean, it's got to be intentional, right? Are we just in I, a, a really weird, like angsty phase of Finn where he's 13 years old and he's kind of coming of age and getting a little lazy? Yeah, I do think it's it's not necessarily like laziness, but it's it, it, his growing morality. I think you really do see in in later seasons that he ends up being more conflicted 
in situations like kind of the honest versus not what's right and what's wrong. And kind of right now, the lines are a little bit blurred in when it comes to gray area stuff. You know, he's all about being a hero and all about defeating evil. But as soon as it becomes gray area driven, he is still very like on the fence. Like, do I take the easy way out? Do I cheat? Do I do I spy on Ice King? Do I not spy on Ice King? You know, and so like, I think it is maybe kind of a coming of age, like proposition that he is all, like taking the easy way out, being deceitful, lying, and that just never works for him, you know? Wow. Dang, dude, that's some deep thought on this episode. I, I yeah. hadn't even really occurred to me that it has been a trend and it, and it really has been a trend over the past couple of episodes, but yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep looking to, for that. I'm, oh yeah, I'm, I'm digging deep y'all. Obviously we're like almost 50 episodes in. And there's no reason to just review the show. We we, we got to talk about, you know, life and growth, man. Like, like we're growing up, dude, just yeah. like Finn. Finn's growing up right in front Finn's of our eyes. Up. I know. Well, he got what a did kiss you think in about... this episode, man. He got a kiss. He got a kiss and he, and he like PB. died. He like passed out. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Well, oh, man, no. what well, is it with Juice Goose, dude? He, what is his whole thing? He just happens to have the exact item that they need. And it's like I, the only item he has. I love it. I think that's maybe why Cheese Goose is an underrated OP character in the universe. He always has exactly what you need or almost exactly what you need. What is there? Is that just part of his character? Is there yeah. something behind that? Do you know? Is he, no, is he I, magical himself? He must be. I, I wish. And maybe that would be my theoretically speaking of this episode. Theoretically speaking. Is that Choose Goose is secretly OP and that he's some sort of wizard, kind of like the Room of Requirement uh, in Harry Potter, where it only shows up to those who need them the most. And that Choose Goose shows up with the items that you need the most, just like the Room of Requirement. That's my theoretically wow. speaking. Dude, I love that. Man, that's awesome. I just, I don't, Choose Goose bothers me because I'm like, why is he so willing to give away what may be the strongest best item we've seen in all of adventure time so far because he just wants to be entertained and let's talk about my tops of the episode was finn's little like that was i just thought that was so funny and his little finger worm still drawn on i I loved that man yeah he does some scatting with his finger i definitely didn't have that as my tops but that's pretty great it just it just wasn't a fair trade at all though i mean he's giving away the classes of nerdicon which basically give Finn the powers of going limitless. You yeah. Know, and the, like the last like time he, they had to pay a price to choose goose, he wanted Jake, he, he wanted Jake to be beheaded. Remember? Yeah. This is so much better. He just needed to be entertained. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. I mean, and then I don't know. Finn just has this crazy moment where he's just like, everything small is just a small version of something big. Like yeah. he starts like from the get go, he's kind of like bordering crazy. Oh, you I know. mean, I think he's full on crazy at the start. And he's got at tears in his eyes. Uh, and that zoom sequence actually it was really cool though. Um, so one part about that zoom sequence is when it zooms back on the earth, if you go back and pause it, it is the first time in the show that they have shown an outside image of earth and it has the huge chunk crater taken out of it. Oh, I got to go back and check yeah. that out. Oh, what? yeah. It's like the first time that any, like, you know, we've said, we, we are pretty sure this is post-apocalyptic, but like, it's the first time they've shown that image of the earth of that there's just a massive chunk out of the side of it. Can you tell if it's actually earth? Like, are the continents there? Um, I'm 
I'm actually not sure. I don't think so, but it's like, it's, I think it's understood. Okay. I'm you know? definitely, after we record this, going back and checking it out because that is oh, yeah, so fascinating. Do. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then also another cool thing about that was like, I think it was taken, um, yeah, the Zoom scene was inspired by a 1968 documentary short film called The Powers of Ten, um, which demonstrates the relative scale of objects in the universe. And so, um, you know, I'm sure that Adventure Time wasn't the first to do kind of a Zoom sequence like that. So that was kind of, it was, uh, I think it was like saying first done in that Powers of Ten where it was like the yeah. zoom out and everything gets smaller and smaller. At this point, it's a little tropey. Like, I mean, it feels yeah. like a very classic, like the beginning of a TV show or like a sci-fi show or movie or something like that. They're zooming through things or... Yeah, but it was I a cool know. visualization of like the concept is of is, is our universe in general, just an atom in the world of a different universe. Yeah. Uh, in Finn's words, spit bubbles were as fragile as his old perception of reality. Oh. What, a gl- what a great line. Best line. Dude, I loved, yeah, both of those lines. The one where a small or everything small is just a small version of everything big. And then that other one are both fantastic little quotes. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much a lot of stuff that he spits out when he's in his psychotic smart mode is is pretty, pretty deep and pretty like insane like it like insane and and really well thought out and portrayed by the writers of the show you know it's funny because he is very like book smart in those sequences but he doesn't seem to be very be very rational mm-hmm. at the same time even though he does kind of like yagami plan out how everything's going to happen on the bulleted list that he yeah has. and that and that's why i was kind of like his whole plan was to do that even when he was so smart but then at the same time it's kind of like you know smart people like overly smart people can be assholes and it's because they either think they understand more about the world and life and the meaning of life than people who are quote-unquote dumber than them and so they become assholes and like you know don't care if people die which kind of happens at the end you know well it happens with Finn. i mean he's like gosh what is this quote right at the end there he's yelling I don't have the quote, but he's yelling about yeah. all the chemicals. We that were your brain all born to releases. die. Yeah. And I thought we that were was all kind born of to die. <laughs> that was so crazy to me because it was. it was like he's referring to like the body's method of handling near death experiences. And like particularly the brain produces DMT when you're faced like in in a near death experience. And then that it's kind of like the, the DMT, it's like you're chasing a high. And then if that's like as good as life gets at that moment before you die, the whole concept that we're born to die because like, that's almost like, that's the most like euphoric your brain will ever be. Yeah. I don't, Joe Rogan would be man. proud of me, right? I think he would be. I think he would be. <laughs> but certainly, you know, I guess he, he feels like the reason for doing that is because he wanted to give PB the ultimate science barbecue. And if everybody in the, in the uh, crowd experiences that sort of a euphoric high then clearly it was the ultimate barbecue that they've ever had and that they're ever going to have, you know? Yeah, very. I mean, very true. Very true. I mean, that's better than my theory too. I just don't understand how the ultimate bubble, like when you can be that smart and you go back to your original idea, which is I'm going to make bubbles. Like Mm -hmm. there's got to be something better, dude. I don't know. I know. Well, he's thinking about bubble. He must have just, I don't know, been like on that one track mind. But then, you know, the genius of it all, and and I thought this was kind of so funny 
about Finn's adolescent state that even when he knew everything in the entire universe, his super, super smart plan was just still, I'm going to impress the princess. Yeah. And that was still like, the at the root. end of it. Yeah. It's that true. was like the root of why he was doing what he was. It wasn't to even show, you know, some concept that was great or be scientific. It was just to impress the princess. And I was like, that is such a great, like 12 year old, like if a 12 year old was the smartest person in the world, they would probably do super smart, crazy things in order to like, I don't know, get the most candy or like, yeah, you know? get the best Lego set or whatever. The, yeah. yeah. And like, that's what amazing, it would be dude. on that one track mine, you know? Well, let's go into my theoretically speaking. So PB has the glasses now. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, he, he has the glasses on and he mentions that, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember what the quote is exactly, but essentially he's like, this is all because of their glasses and Princess Bubblegum is smart enough to know you got to take them off. That's the only way we're going to be able to solve this. She takes their glasses off of them and then the glasses disappear. So in my mind, mm. I think she has the glasses after this episode. Yeah, good uh, call and, out there. Well, when Finn is wearing them, uh, he has like that limitless intelligence, but he did go a little crazy. PB will mm-hmm. be using them in my mind for her own personal desires. However, you know, knowing the show, they'll probably never come back up again and it yeah. probably won't matter. Um, yeah, I, but, I hope that in, I in PB fashion, what she would do is she would probably see how they made Finn go insane. And then a PB in a lot of future episodes tries to reverse engineer things and explain. She tries to do a lot of magic explaining with science. So I would imagine that more than anything, like not that she's using them because she saw how insane Finn got but that she is going to try to reverse engineer this source of knowledge or like yeah, what makes maybe. them a source of knowledge. And that would be my, you know, good addition. Cause that's a great theoretically speaking though, is that she's yeah, maybe, still, you know, maybe she just keeps classes. using them occasionally, but she has figured out a way to, like you said, either like take away that thing where it, it goes, makes you go crazy and also makes you kind of, Enable, remember like in um, Rick and Morty when they can remove the curses from the devil's items? Well, no, that's that? not what I was thinking of. But yes, I do recall. I yeah. do recall that. I was thinking of uh, the Nutty Professor, I think is what it is, when uh, he keeps taking that serum to make himself better looking and like the better person that he wants to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Actually, eventually, it's like an addiction. Like he can't do it anymore. Like Finn can't take the classes off himself. He needs someone else to yeah. take the glasses away from him. Yeah, and um, then Princess Bubblegum has Peppermint Butler. So if she, yeah, you're right. If she did like want to put them on and then be like, as soon as I start getting crazy, Peppermint Butler, you rip them off my face. Yeah, then that, that could know. work, you know? Yeah, or even a better reference would be uh, the Venom with Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, it's the same mm-hmm. sort of a concept where the suit starts to take over, you know, and you're just, I don't know. It's pro- We're probably off on another planet now and no. totally I mean, irrelevant. I think all of those are relevant tangents with the glasses. Cause like, like you mentioned it, it I didn't even think about the glasses still exist. And I don't know. I don't think that nobody's given them back to choose goose. I know that. Yeah. I, and what, what was choose goose going to do with them anyways? You know, I don't know. They, maybe that's why choose goose is it's all, all left up in the mind. Cause he wore the glasses for too long. Yeah, maybe. Fried I don't his know. Brain out. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Oh, oh my man. Another, another fun thing I, I hope that you caught in this one was that when Dr. Dextrose was up on the stage, did you see the little pink, um, 
like science, uh, what do you call it? Like smart people parasite that we talked about the other week. No, was it on Dr. Dexterous? Yeah, he had one in his pocket, man. Oh, well, he's my lovely. Oh, yes. Okay, that's great, lovely, man. Well, he's researching the future of cuteness and what is better than that? I mean, come and on. he's a little marshmallow man. He is a marshmallow man with great hair. Um, <laughs> and he's just, you know, someone out there in our world, their job is making like toys and shows for kids. Uh, Freaking Penn Ward, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And researching I, what's cute. And what kids are into and, and you know, like looking at trends and freaking... Dr. Dextrous, that's that's his thing. That's his jam. Yeah, that's you know, awesome. Like, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it'd be hard to say something is for the better of human humanity than like just trying to look at what's cute. Though you can use it to manipulate and for profit. So maybe not. But I don't know. It, I like it. Is it. Still I hate area of research though that is yeah. scientifically probably scientifically valid you know serotonin in your brain releases when you see something you know like a cute dog or a cute baby yeah and then freaking finn goes and belittles his work you know i know what quaint notions <laughs> uh, finn finn the asshole well he had the glasses on you know it's just yeah. like the nutty professor you know like he's kind of a jerk when he's taking the serum you know mm -hmm. That's very um, true, but no, great, lovely though, man. I, yeah. I might, you know, I might have to take mine back, but I don't know. I think Chet was cool too. Chet, Chet was cool. Chet's a little yeah. bland for me. Just a little, just a little bland, man. But he was in the first. Was he in the very first episode? I'm pretty sure he was in Summer Party Panic as well. He might. He was either in that one or um. Oh my god! I think he the, was the one who was about to say uh. Like he's about to recognize the zombies or whatever. And then Finn or Jake or Finn comes in and it's just like, close the doors, you know, party or something like oh, that. I don't good know. Call. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't um, have been able to pull Chet out unless we just went back and rewatched episode one. I, I think that's him. I could be wrong, but I, yeah. I think it's him. Well, dude, let's talk about the multidimensional bubbles because we can't oh, end this man. without talking about those. I know. I, I did at least like 20 to 30 minutes of YouTube videos and explanations on getting into fourth dimensional spaces. And it somewhat makes sense. I got a good grasp on technically a fourth dimensional object is it's like a, cast a shadow of a three dimensional object, meaning like in turn, I saw this like scientific explanation about it of like, if you have two, a square has four points. And if you double the four points, you have eight, eight, uh, two, two two-dimensional squares and you connect all those points and it makes a three-dimensional object and that has like eight points and two objects so if you do 16 points it becomes this fourth dimensional essentially uh eight sides of cubes are the sides of that object it's very weird, man. I tried okay. my best and now I probably sound way more stupid. I'll take your word for it, Ned. Because for me, I got to have this. I got to see it in front of me. I can't hear someone talk about oh, something I, that complex I and really understand it. I to even look at it and it's still hard to like comprehend. Well, it's beyond comprehension, beyond space, beyond time. It's a black hole. It's, I, you know, I'm, I know you said earlier they dumb it down or whatever or the mm -hmm. concept down, but essentially he, he creates a black hole and I just want to say, Jake has the ability to, like, hold everyone back from being sucked into a black hole. And he mm -hmm. catches Finn, who is very close to the black hole when it is um, starting to consume things. That's pretty remarkable. That is. Me. I didn't think about that. 
you know. Yeah, I mean, he's he saves everybody, and and I, at the I, end when there's I an explosion, two black holes, two, well, two black holes essentially hitting each other, mm-hmm. like Jake wrapped up around everybody and protected everyone from the explosion, and and also, I mean, it was a very small explosion for what was basically two black holes, but um, or whatever the concept would be, a fourth dimensional sword is how's that any different than a fourth dimensional bubble? Yeah. Uh, and it was like the collision of those two things. Yeah. Which was kind of an incredible way. I mean, that's the sword is my tops. The fourth dimensional sword is definitely my tops for the episode. Yeah. But, but the goodbye day and, to the gold sword, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The sword's gone. It totally sword's is gone. gone. Yeah. Um, so that's a bit of a bummer because we just got really hype on the gold sword last week when it could block all of Zergiox like magic fireballs, you know? It's a bummer, but I'm not worried about it. Like I know. Finn, Finn will find another sword, I'm sure. But making, I mean, it was worth it because the the highlight of this episode, and honestly, the coolest part, coolest thing we see Finn do with his sword was destroy a black hole by jumping into it w- with another uh, fourth dimensional object. And I know, but technically, it was cool. It was so it's, cool. It's in in our universe, in our dimensions, it would be like the explosion of two black holes colliding, or whatever it's called. Technically, in the fourth dimensional space, it was a sword popping a bubble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I guess it's so. a little less epic. Oh, man. Is that how that works? I guess. I mean, yeah, it, it makes was sense a fourth dimensional bubble. And like, yeah, Two obviously, dimensional objects. that would create a black hole in existing in this universe. But if you could create a fourth dimensional pointy object to pop that bubble, then that's really what just what happened. Man, we need someone who knows anything about science. I mean, that <laughs> that makes sense to me, but I hate how logical that is. That can't be how that would work. <laughs> Can someone please email us at uh, the Traveler's Log, the nea.travelerslog at gmail.com and tell us what would actually happen if two fourth dimensional objects or, or things collided? Um, well, if they were, yeah, in, if they were existing in fourth dimensional space, they would just interact hypothetically speaking as to but in our space objects in our space that's a better question i don't because yeah. i don't know if we can conceptualize fourth like because fourth dimensional objects in our space well that's that's the whole point of that open yeah that's the whole point of the bubble it was beyond comprehension like, i don't know man it was incredible oh, it was i was incredible. so nervous to get on this topic because i was like I, I have everything to say about it and i have nothing to say about it at the same yeah, time, I, you know, I didn't even bother doing research into it because I was just like, I'm just going to sound dumb because I'm never, you're never going to be able to, people spend their whole lives studying this kind of thing. I know. You and know? Like, yeah, we couldn't do 30 minutes of research for <laughs> an adventure time review to, to knock it all out. No, not at all, man. Well, oh, it was, man. that was really rad. I, I love that. And I was looking at my notes again and, uh, Princess Bubblegum was straight up like, I need the real you. Like, mm-hmm. that's what she said to Finn. Please, I need the the real you. When she realized that it was the glasses, or, or maybe it was right before she realized what it was the glass. No, she realized it was the glasses, right? And then she was like, I need you, like, yeah, only she, she you, says that the hero. Right of, before she rips the glasses yeah, off, yeah. The hero of uh, the Bubblegum Kingdom, or of what ooh, is it? You know? Yeah, of ooh, yeah. Can can Hero save of the us. the Candy Kingdom, yeah. Candy Kingdom, jeez. I said Bubblegum Kingdom. Bubblegum Kingdom. Well, I I love that. I thought that was really fascinating. I mean, obviously, it's the title of the episode, The Real You, but I thought it was really 
really cool that she recognized that Finn, yeah. there's something about Finn that, you know, the way his scientific mind works, I suppose. Yeah. And that really was the original reason that she asked him to speak at the barbecue was she did want the real Finn. She, she wanted his, you know, the way his brain worked to stab a bunch of steaks and throw them on a fire and, and well, I don't know, to, to get, there was something special that she saw in him there. You well, know? back to my freaking theor- theoretically speaking, man, she's got the glasses. She has the ability to have more knowledge than anyone else. She has Finn's DNA. She's going to make clone Finn's. I mean, probably not, but Good, I don't uh, know. Yeah, little a dan- little danger there. Yeah, well, we got the, what do you mean? A danger that she might create clone Finn's oh, or have I mean, does she actually DNA do that? Ready? No, 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 I don't think so. Okay, well, the only we should probably there, clarify there when is someone off. in the future that tries to create clone fins, but it's not PB. Oh, cool. Okay, maybe Ice King. He just wants more friends. That's very um, true. He does try to make a lot of <laughs> snowmen and stuff be his friends, and it just doesn't awesome. work out. Yeah. Well, at the end of the episode, everyone loved the explosion and, and Finn's presentation and it wasn't ruined as was the fears of, of PB. And then the last bullet is when the heart of the princess and PB gives him a kiss on the cheek and I hate her again. And you hate, yeah, she, she just lost fully me. reeled him back in on that whole, like, let me, let me just manipulate your little boy mind. It's, yeah. I know mm-hmm. I've, I was about to turn around on PB this episode and then just at the very end, she just goes and kisses him. And I'm just like, I know you're the same. You're the same. You're the same. Just be aware of what you're doing to this poor child, you know? And and we, Finn, Finn wises up later where he, he takes a moment and he's like, Hey bro, like we gotta, we gotta create some distance between this little like flirty relationship because I can't handle it anymore. You know, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Whenever that happens. Man, right at the, I think it's end of season three or the end of season four. I think it's end of season three, if I'm not mistaken. But man, the last, the last fun thing I had to say about this episode, and then we can get, I don't have any great lessons in this one. I've got one. But before that, this episode was originally going to be titled Born to Die and then The Smartening, which I don't know if it's a reference to The Shining or The Happening or something like, you know, an old horror movie type thing. But I thought Born Born to to Die die sounds like a James Bond movie. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like... I know. That's kind of cool. It's either cool or really dark. If that's like... That's fine. The title of the episode was about Finn's concept of we're born to die. If that was what we focused on here, that'd be really dark. I take that back because every James Bond movie is like... It's not my time to die. Die another day. You die know, another it's, like, day. it's not actually, not, yeah, born to die. Born be like, to, unless born that's the one where they die. kill off James Bond. Yeah. Born born to die born tomorrow. To live. Born to not <laughs> die, but live. Today, tomorrow. <laughs> Today, tomorrow. Yesterday. Born yesterday, die tomorrow. James Bond. <laughs> born yesterday, die never. Die never. Um, well, man, I'll go through my lessons then. I got yeah, a couple. I, I, I couldn't get any good ones out of this, man. Uh don't underestimate the real you mm, I like and it. don't count out luck. I mean, unfortunately, you know, it plays a big part, but don't underestimate the real you. I think is really the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also at the same time, don't count it out, but don't count on luck, you know? Yeah. Um, so my, my first lesson is all over the place, I guess. The second lesson is glasses make you smart and or at least people perceive you as smarter. Um, I have a buddy back in Atlanta who 
probably listens to this podcast and I wonder if he'll know I'm talking about him, but he straight up got like prescription glasses, but with no prescription. So like just straight up clear glasses just for the sake of fashion or wearing them to look smarter because um, maybe his significant other said he looked good in glasses. (laughs) And I thought that was so funny. Um, I don't know if he wears them much or not. I think they're like blue light. So like that's a good excuse. You know, if you're saving your eyes from your computer. Staring at the computer now. But if you're wearing them out in public or on a date or something, you know, and you don't need them. Seems like you look good though, you know. No, man, it's not fair, dude. People like me are blind and we have no choice (laughs) but to wear glasses and you're going to take the one thing we have going for us. Come on. Um, Anyways, my third lesson is uh, each each species of fig has its own species of wasp. And that is freaking crazy to me whenever you're eating a fig you're possibly eating a wasp that's that's just died and the enzymes have decomposed it like crazy man that's crazy there's no way that's true so but but so cool so great yeah i don't know my my only or fig newtons Newtons. when you're eating fig newtons you're eating little waspy waspy nuggets fig Fig nuggets need to be a thing (laughs) fig nuggets um, man, my only lesson, cause I couldn't think of anything serious. And then I'm like, dang it, you just took the good, you know, deep one. That was the real you is, is valuable. You know, Yeah. my little one was like, is the lesson here? Stupid is as stupid does, you know, a little force of comp. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so. Like, maybe, maybe that was so. the lesson here, but the funny lesson <laughs> I say, stupid is as stupid does is what mama used to say. Uh, but that's all I got, man. And they, man, what a great episode, dude. Like again, just a, we're we're a little bit past the midway point in season two, and it's we we are getting to the meat. We're getting to the girth of what. Such we're a good episode, y'all. Yeah. Go watch this one if you didn't see it. I I feel like this one kind of touches a little bit on concepts that I find far more fascinating about Adventure mm-hmm. Time than other episodes, like the pods or you know whatever other episode. Yeah. But but this is just a good one. It's just all around a, a fun episode. I really enjoyed it, and I couldn't recommend it more. Honestly, yeah, yeah. it's not my favorite yeah. episode ever, but it's up there. Yeah, I think it's up there for season two for sure. Yeah, but well, hey, man, let's, let's wrap can, it up. Yeah, how can they? How can all of these listeners give us a follow? Give us a, a, some support. Yeah, of course. So on Instagram, as y'all know, you can always hit us up at Neverending Adventure Podcast on TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast at Twitter at NEA underscore Podcast and email us your thoughts, your opinions. Uh, if you have an MP3 of you talking about something, Even you know better. Yeah, that could be cool. I don't know. We, if it's not great. good, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, unless unless you are saying inappropriate things. Yeah, uh, <laughs> at gmail.com. and then go check us out on YouTube. Go subscribe there, uh, even if you don't listen there, and you know, watch our shorts or whatever, and and help get our name out. Just like tell your tell your peeps about us. Um, you can review us. The word. You know, Apple Podcasts has. Uh, the reviews that are important and it would be very helpful for us if you would do that. But anyway, I will not bother you too much more with my, my begging and my pleading. Um, I do want to say thank you though. Thanks for listening. Mucho I've, been, gracias, baby. I've been Russell Tyndall. I've been DJ Natty P. And this podcast was produced by Michael Hitchcock. I'm just going to go ahead and do the outro right now because yeah, I'm trying it. to keep it easy on the very first time we do this. Oh yeah. All right. Thanks, you guys. All right. Love that you guys. Party forever. Mm-hmm.